And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Darren Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. Already a stutter from the Cavan man who's filling in for the half Cavan man, Mickey Brennan. It's Damien Donoghue as uh, Mickey Brennan is a little bit laid up, but I can uh, put the listeners at ease that you're not going to have to listen to the Cavan man for a few weeks. It's only for this week. His voice will be fine by next weekend, but thank God I'm joined by Davy Rispin, the man who knows more about Mead football than than a, a Cav man knows about counting money. Thanks, Davey, for joining us. Damien, absolute pleasure. Um, great to have a full Cavan accent on the podcast this week as opposed <laughs> to a bit of a blow-in and a half-cast one from Mickey Brennan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's mastered that. You know, he's, he's, he's like a, a chameleon there. He can just blend into his... <laughs> Into his environment wherever wherever he goes, but uh, do you know what is? I'm 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 seeing the same around Kevin. I'm sure you're enjoying it. It's great to have so much sport on at the minute. Club action about to kick off, county action kind of in in the in the tick of it between Horland Camogie football. There's plenty of action going on. I'd say you're you're just a, a new man since we've got back to action. Yeah, absolutely, Damien. It's great. And I suppose that coincided with the pubs opening as well today. So, um, you know, all in all, great times to be a club footballer and uh, definitely an inter-county footballer in the Royal County. We've had some decent success in the last few weeks. I think we're in three out of four semi-finals now coming up this weekend, which is great between, you know, the ladies, the hurlers, the camogues and, and obviously the footballers. Um, the hurlers being the one exception who are um, who have nothing to play for going up to play down next weekend. But aside from that, it's been a good couple of weeks. Yeah, without a doubt. And we, we'll get through all of those, I suppose, games from the weekend gone by and, and looking ahead to next weekend's action, which is is full on. But we'll start off with the, the club scene in Mead. So uh, this coming weekend or this coming week, the, the ninth, it's uh, the beginning of the Fesh Cup, which is... Uh, for 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 the Cavan man, explain it. You play three competitions in Cavan. We're that greedy. We only play a league and a championship. It, it's probably down to the affiliations. It's probably harder to get the few bob off the Cavan clubs than it is the Mead <laughs> ones. But um, no, Lucas. Yeah, basically, our our leagues and cups have been condensed into one competition this year. I suppose traditionally we would always have a cup, a league, and then a championship. Um, so, for example, at the start of last year, we had our cup competitions, which is nearly a straight knockout. Now, last year, it was a group of three. Um, you'd play your three games, get to a semi-final final. Your league would then kick in, and that would take you right up to August until the start of the championship. But this year, due to, obviously, the time constraints, they've rolled the cups and the leagues into one. So, basically, it's a cup competition in a league format. So, they've split each um, cup into two separate groups. 
and the top two from each in most in most cases in most scenarios will progress to a semi-final there's obviously no promotion or relegation Damien so there's a cup to play for but there's no further implications I suppose for clubs as regards league gradings okay okay and the first game in it is on as I said Wednesday night at 7.45 it's Navano Mahinis against Coraha um, how do you see that one going? It's an interesting one. I suppose Curaha struggled last year in the championship and Navanomatnis weren't much better. Um, you know, both of them will be smarting, I suppose, from last year and look to probably improve. Curaha have lost a couple of guys who have gone travelling to Canada. David Toner being the highlight, I suppose. He was a, a fixture in the mid team last year. They also have Jack O'Connor and James McEntee involved in a county capacity who won't be eligible, obviously, to play. So... Navanomatis, who down through the years would have had a whole host of players involved in intercounty, don't actually anymore. And I think for that reason and that reason alone, I'd have to side with Navanomatis and give them the nod to get off to a win and start. Okay, second game up then, it's St. Peter's Dunboyne against Summerhill, again Wednesday at quarter to eight. This is a fascinating game, um, Damien. I suppose Summerhill have been in five of the last uh, five semi-finals in mid-senior football. Um, they've been in three of the last four Keegan Cup finals. St. Peter's Dunboyne champions in 2018. I suppose looking at the county guys, Dunboyne have actually had two additions to the ranks in recent weeks with Donal Lennon and Gavin McCoy dropping away from the county scene, which means they'll be obviously eligible to play on Wednesday night. Um, Summerhill have the likes of Barry Dardis and Ross Ryan available, having not stepped into the Mead panel this year. But I just think Dunboyne, um, with Conor who again at the helm, should be a stronger proposition at this point in time Summerhill have a lot of guys involved with the mid under 20s the minors and indeed Ronan Ryan with the mid seniors so I think they could be a little bit chuck it's Pascal Keelan's first game in charge of Summerhill too so it'll be fascinating to see what they sort of produce in their first outing but I think that's a difficult enough first encounter and I'd have to side with St Peter's to buy yeah having limited experience of mead uh, club football but some I've seen Summerhill a couple of times and actually was up for a couple of commentaries with Dunboyne uh, both really attractive mm. styles of football kind of di- well different from what I've seen a lot of running game going on around around the Summerhill team but that 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 would be a mouthwatering clash I think I have to say look forward to getting that you never know Wednesday evening around Navish it could be great to get up to Dunboyne and, and see that one Um Third game then sees Gail Colum Kill take on Dunamore Ashbourne. That's it. That's a big one because Gail Colum Kill, from my limited knowledge, always good in the league, aren't they? They are indeed. But of course, they have two county men this year, Damien, and that's not the norm in Kells. You know, normally they're giving out to us about having no guys in the county. Now they're probably giving out because they have two guys <laughs> in on the county panel and they won't have them available. Two of their stars from last year, obviously, in Fionn Riley and Jordy Muldoon. Um, Dunham Ashburn have the former Mead captain, Brian Menton, obviously representing Mead, and Andy Colgan, our, our resident goalkeeper with the Royal County. So two um, county panellists from each. Fascinating to see how Gail Conkill come out. They've been smarting, obviously, from that heartbreaking uh, Keegan Cup final defeat to Retote with the last kick of the game last year with Joey Wallace getting the goal. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what they produce. I, we actually had our golf classic today and our former manager, Con Cleary, is a selector with them now. And Paul Murphy, another selector, was there. And it's just asking the guys how, how they're going. They have about 45, 50 guys training every night. Wow. So huge numbers in Kells. Um, Dunham and Rashford are always a funny one. You never really know what you're going to get from them from game to game. One of the most inconsistent, um, or sorry, consistently inconsistent teams in Mead. Um, <laughs> but it's always one that sort of does attract decent attention. Um, but as you say, Gail Colum are notoriously strong in cups and leagues. And I think 
they'll want to start off with a win to try and get that county final out of their system good and quickly. And I think they might do that with home advantage. Yeah, one end of the county to the other, I suppose it's it's yeah. uh, it's it's polar opposites, but two big big heavyweights going at it. Then the final game in Group A sees Dunshockland taking on and help me if I pronounce it wrong here, uh, Molavi, Monalvi, Monalvi, <laughs> terrible, Monalvi. Okay, go That's for that. Move on swiftly. <laughs> Who's going to win? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is the Duggan Derby, right? Two of the two of the great Duggans, and um, Ben Duggan coming from the Dunshockland Club, and Sean Duggan, who will be uh, visiting many a pub and, and establishment over the weekend and on Monday as well from Manalvi. The two of them will be clashing on Wednesday night, two great characters. Um, the one thing I'd say about Dunshockland is, you know, they, they have Marty Riley there, and it's going to be his first full year. He sort of came in midway through the year last year, was a little bit rough and tumble. They ended up in relegation trouble in senior. I think they're a lot better than that. They have great young players coming through. And they obviously have Matthew Coslow in on the county panel with Mead. They have some great experienced players too who are still playing their trade. I think Manalvi, they're a classic um, senior team, but they're one of the rural senior teams. They wouldn't have the biggest of picks, biggest of areas. They have the likes of Podge Harn and Killian O'Sullivan involved with the Mead footballers. They have another couple of guys involved with the Mead hurlers. So I think their hand is going to be significantly lessened by the unavailability, uh, unavailability sorry, of those guys. So I think Dunshockland, um, Dunshockland will be the smart money here. I think they'll get off to a win and start. Okay, so moving on to the Fesh Cup in Group B. And again, it's Wednesday night at quarter to eight. And it's Wolf Tones um, at home to St. Column Kills. Yeah, interesting one, this. Both of whom mostly would have their, their county men available. Thomas Riley, I suppose, would be the only one from Wolf Tones who'd be occupied in that. St. Column Kills should have nearly a full deck to play with. Um, obviously, the likes of Graham Riley and I think Ben Brennan now should be available for their services. So that's a really tasty one. They've met in championships in recent years. There's never a whole pile between them. Um, whew, I, I don't know what way this is going to go. I'm, I'm going to say Wolf Tones. I think home advantage maybe will stand to them. It's going to be a very tight game, very close game. Two time, two teams, sorry, who'll have high aspirations of doing well this year. Um, wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw, but I won't sit on the fence. I'll go with the tones. Good man. I like a brave call. So um, second game then in Group B, it's Screen against Ballinabracky. Yeah, Ballinabracky, um, going up to play their first game, I suppose, against senior opposition, having won the Intermediate Championship last year under Gordy McDonald. A phenomenal story. Um, and a great, great club. Absolutely delighted for them. They're going to make the long journey to screen. They live, sorry, they live, they're occupied in the corner of Mead. They, they border Kildare, Offaly, Westmead and Mead. It's a phenomenal uh, club with, with ties to all sorts of counties and that. But they're great people. They love their football there. They're going to really enjoy getting a taste for senior football playing these clubs. Um, and I, I kind of like their chances. I, I think they'll go and give a decent account of themselves. Screen are one of the traditional clubs in mm. Mead, great history, but they've been a long way away in recent years. They haven't been close to winning the Keegan Cup for a number of years now. Um, the only thing I would say, with the exception of Dara Campion, they should have their full hand to play with. But Ballinabracky will, will be going there, all guns blazing. They'll be looking to lay down a marker. And um, do you know what? I, I'm going to tip on the bracky. I, I think they have a. I think they have a chance. Um, they'll they'll go into it as rank underdogs, but I, 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 was, I just yeah. I was just going to say that I I I know next to nothing, but I know screener a powerhouse, and for an intermediate champion coming up, it's a it's a big big 
journey, you know, in terms of mm. mentally to be going and taking on the, the powerhouse of screen. So um, that's a big call. But I suppose you, you'd never need any motivation if you're Balnebracki going over to that game. You're, you're just mad to make an impression. And there's no pressure on. Well, that, that's it. I mean, it's a really free cut for them and screen will be expected to win and the pressure will all be on them playing at home and stuff as well. Um, so yeah, Balnebracki, they've, they've actually had a loss in, in their club um, in, in the last week and they'll probably have a little bit of added incentive and significance to try and go out and get a win um, to just lift the spirits a bit and that too. And yeah, I, I think they have a great chance, Damien. Mm, best of luck to them anyway. So the third game then in Group B, it's Rathout and they are hosting Simonstown. Um, this is uh, another heavyweight clash. Yeah, one player that won't feature is obviously Mickey Brennan. He's definitely going to be unavailable for this. <laughs> Not due to the fact that he's obviously registered with a Calvin club as well, as you well know, Damien. But yeah, um, yeah Mickey's Mickey's uh, parent club, shall we say. Simon's then going up to play Ratoth. It's always a fascinating clash when these two um, meet. You know, Ratoth reigning and defending back-to-back senior champions in the Royal County playing Simonstown, who were formerly, you know, double champions back in 2016 and 2017. Really, really tasty tie. The, the tie of the round, there's no doubt about it. Ratoth have a whole host of guys though involved in, you know, Mead Hurland panels, under 20 senior football. They probably have the guts of 10 players oh, who are wow. going to be missing, you know, and that's going to be huge for them. Simonstown, on the other hand, remarkably only have Breen Conlon involved this year with the Mead senior football team. So they're going to be going up. Colin O'Rourke's first game back as Simonstown manager real opportunity for him to sort of lay down a marker and, and kind of, I suppose, what better way to do it and make a statement than beating Ratoth. And I actually think they'll go up there and do a bit of a job on Ratoth. It'll be very interesting to say the, the one thing you never do in management is go back. But Colin went back and was very successful when he went back. So can he go back and go back again and be very successful? I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching that. Now, obviously, Mickey keeps me up to date with the, with the Simonstown um, with the same time side, so that that's going to be one that I'd say will be uh, Colin O'Rourke is, is a winner to the backbone, and he's not gonna he's not gonna want to lose any games there. So, uh, the final one then in Group B, it's uh, Nafina, and they're taking on Centralstown. Yeah, the the two of them actually met last year in the championship. It was in the first round of the championship where Centralstown actually pulled off a surprise victory against Nafina. Nafina actually went on then to win their next three and um, made a great dash to the semi-finals of the senior championship. Um, Nafina have a couple of guys involved too in the inter-county scene. They'd probably be a similar enough club to Manalby in the sense that they wouldn't have that much depth in the squad, so they would rely heavily on what they have. Central Centre are a young and progressive side who also have a couple of guys involved in the 20s and the seniors. Um, it's an interesting tie, one that I... It could go either way, to be honest, which I think I'll go with Centralstown. I think they have the, the Indian sign over Nafina, having beaten them last year in this in the senior championship. And uh, they'll want a big year this year. I think they'll they'll want to go well. New manager there as well. Um, great opportunity for them to get off to a winning start. Yeah, so that's the eight games that are between Group A and Group B of the Fesh Cup. Moving on then to the Corona uh, Bowen. Corona Bowen, yeah, yeah. Good enough. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're not that good at the Gaelic down here in, in Cavan, unfortunately, I'll have to admit. But anyway, we'll dig in. We're going to try and murder a few club names here as well. Balnalock are taking on Nobber. That's at quarter eight on Wednesday night. That's, a, 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 I suppose, close to Cavan border, sort of a, a, a derby. 
that's a Normie derby, yeah, very much so. And, and Stephen Baxter won't be too happy with you there. He managed in Ballinlock a couple of years ago, so the pronunciation needs a bit of work, Damien. But uh, yeah, this will be this will be hot and heavy. Nobber relegated from senior last year. My own former manager Anthony Monaghan going to manage them. His first game in charge, um, and indeed Vinnie Ryan's first game in charge of Ballinlock too. So two new managers going in. Vinnie will obviously know the Ballinlock guys inside out. His son Harry is going to be a key player for them this year. Um, terrific young forward in in in. Ballon Lock. Uh, Nauber are missing their talisman and Jordy Morris, obviously, on duty with the Mead Senior Football Panel. He's going to be a massive loss. Brian Farrell now has obviously retired. He's managing Retote. So I think Nauber, without those two guys, are going to lack scores. A lot is going to depend on Sean Mead. Um, whilst Ballon Lock were embroiled in relegation trouble in intermediate last year, um, they'll, they'll probably fancy their chances of a fresh start. It's going to be typical North Mead derby. I don't think it'll be that high scoring. Um, if you were asking me to call it, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Ballinlock. I think Ballinlock might just have enough because I think the loss of Jordy Morris will be too much for Nobber. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I think Brian Dunahoo, another Cavman, was involved in Ballinlock. He was. Yeah. So there's two Cavmen that'll be annoyed at me for that. There's one. And Kenneth Rotwell is a honorary Cavan man. He's what? a selector with Finney Ryan this year. So yeah. Oh, lovely. I'll have to I'll have to watch out. There's also a Cavan connection to our next game, which is Mead Hill taking on Beliver. I, I believe Martin McGovern is with Mead Hill. He is, yeah, and, and they've really taken to him. You know, formerly of Kilmainham, did a fantastic job with them getting to them to uh, to an intermediate semi-final last year. Sort of sad the way he, he departed, but I was speaking to a Kilmainham man over the weekend and he was just bemoaning the fact they've lost them because what a job he did with them. Mm-hmm. But he's going into Meath Hill, a really progressive club um, who have done excellent under the guidance of Paddy Martin for the last number of years, a Monaghan man. And... Um, I, I think there's only one winner in this. I think Mark McGovern should get Mead Hill off to a winning start. Beliver coming up as junior champions, missing up to 10 players across, um, predominantly Hurland. So Kildalki and Kaline are the two clubs that make up Beliver in Hurland. They have a whole host of players involved in the inter-county scene with Mead. Um, and I, I just think it'll be too much of a burn for John Rafferty and James McNally. He'll be probably looking to try out a few other guys and give lads opportunities. But I think Meath will be licking their lips at this one. Real opportunity to get off to win and start for them. Very good. Very good. Yeah, Martin Martin McGovern. I, I don't know if you know much about him around Meath, but around Cavan, everybody knows him. He was synonymous with, with his roles in Cavan's on the 21 successes at the back of the the, the last decade there and, and, and as a selector with the county seniors as well so really really knowledgeable man good mm. killing care man close to the mid border as well so um, moving on then St. Michael's taking on I'm going to butcher this one Sidon 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. I, I, I thought it was something from the Middle East Sidon <laughs> yeah 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 uh, Sidon and St Michael's a fascinating duel again another North Mead derby St Michael's coming from Carlinstown Sidon um, up in North Mead as well just just around uh, Castletown Rakenny area um, I believe Sidon have lost their talisman in Darrow I believe he pulled his hamstring and he's going to be a massive loss and um, he would be their scoring chief. He would probably account for about 75% of the Sidon scores. He's going to be a massive loss. So Michaels, my own clubmate, Davey Wright, the bronze Adonis, um, taking charge there for the third year. Um, Why is he called the bronze Adonis? You can't he's, just... uh, he's, he's tanned. He's, <laughs> I, he was playing at the golf today. He's actually turned into a silver fox now as well. Um, but coming off the back of a really good year, you know, got to the intermediate semi-final last year, did some Michaels. Another... Clubmate of mine, Jammy Coslow, has gone in as a selector or slash coach with him. So, you real need to ask why he's called Jammy. 
No, I actually don't know the, the backstory. His name, his first name is James, so I assume it's something to do with that. But uh, it's not that he's very out. lucky. Around Cavan, we call somebody that's lucky. They're jammy. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we do you call do people same. that in, in Mead as well. Don't worry, we're not too, too we far have away sim- from you. We have similarities. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but but the two guys have gone in there and uh, I think they're more or less at full strength, Arson Michaels. I think okay. sitting with Davy Cahill at the helm, a man of immense experience, Nigel Maguire from Mead, he'll have selected there as well. Um, It'll be a classic North Meads intermediate championship sort of dust up, but I think some Michael should have a little bit more class for Sydney. Okay, go uh, moving on then to Group B, and it's Rackenny taking on Blackhall Gales. Yeah, this is this is a big game. Um, you know, two clubs formerly of of senior football, Blackhall Gales were uh, senior champions in in the early part of the century. Things have slowly regressed for them. They eventually bit the bullet and went down to intermediate football, but they're slowly but surely starting to build up again. Um, the likes of Alan Nestor, you know, still their scorer in chief. Dunica Tobin, former county man, Tyke Brosnan still there and still doing it. Um, some great footballers in Blackhall Gates. They're getting massive numbers out for training. I think they've gone in with three teams this year as well, which is great to see. Um, and on the other hand, Rakenny, a little bit disappointed with them last year, you know, coming down from senior the year before, thought to get out of the group stages, didn't quite materialise for them, beaten by Trim in the first round. That sort of put paid to their chances. Um, they won't have the services of Donald Kyogen, and, and that's... You know, he's huge. You, you all, you know, everybody knows about Donald Kogan nowadays. And uh, he is their main man. Keith Kurtz is another man who's involved in the county. He's not going to be around. James O'Hare with the mid 20s. So I think Rakenny will miss those guys. Blackhall Gales virtually at full strength. I think they'll go there and they should do a bit of a job on Rakenny. Three, three players missing on county duty at intermediate level is, is a huge number, but I suppose yeah. it looks good then for championship when you get them all back. True. Yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's taking on Clonagale. How's yeah, that gonna go? Interesting one. Some Pats have been in free fall really in the last couple of years. Um, coming down from senior football last year, then ended up in Broyle in an intermediate relegation scrap last year, just about survived. Um, they're a big club, unbelievable facilities out in the Samullen area. Um, it's time they've started producing something, and they've got two of their own in there in Dahi White and Ronan Kearns, who have done a fantastic job at St. Vincent's at Ard Cat. They're going back to their home club now. They'll want to really put a stamp on it. Um, and, and I think I think they should, to be honest with you. I, I really do. Um, yeah, I, I think St. Pat's will, will probably take a bit of beating. Okay, final game then in Group B is Walterstown against Dulik Bellustown. Yeah, two of the most entertaining teams to probably watch in the Intermediate Championship for the last number of years. The League Bellustown really unlucky not to get out of their group last year, having won two games. No, sorry, they, they ended up winning a game and drawing two. They weren't beaten. They were only the other team, aside from Balnebracky, not to be beaten in the Intermediate Championship. But unfortunately for them, they came up against Balnebracky in the first round, drew and got edged out and score difference on the final day. Didn't even make it out of the group because there was no quarterfinals. They're a team to watch. I think um, Damien Sheridan and Joe Sheridan are going oh, in as managers there. So that'll be a really interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, Black, uh, sorry, Dunham Ashburn, or sorry. The League Bellustown. The Bellustown, third time lucky, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're a decent side. Um, and I think they should probably have enough, um, to be honest with you. Um, but Waterstown, very decent side as well on their day. Martin O'Connell at the helm, um, taking his, his, his team there for the second year. His two lads, Brian and Barry, will be to the fore. But I think, um, Dulik Bellustown might be just a little bit further along the road than, than Waterstown. Okay, moving on then to Group C. It's uh, Longwood against Bective. Yeah, an interesting one. Longwood again, a rural team with, you know, 
big numbers involved, more so with the hurling. But Harry Hogan obviously made his debut for me than goals against Mayo last weekend. With the hurlers, you have the likes of Mickey Burke, the, the infamous honey badger that is, and, and Big Dame O'Healy. They'll be missing from inter-county um, action. So I think Longwood will miss those guys. Bechtov are, are a funny one. They have Ted Dow going in there. Um, this year, Ted's done a remarkable job with Moyla in recent years. This will be his first game in charge of Bechtov. Um, he's, he's, I suppose, rigorous in his training. And those guys will have been working hard for the last month or six weeks properly. And then they would have been doing their individual stuff as well. Um, and I think Longwood, you know, not a full hand to play with. I think Bechtov should get the, get the off to a winning start here. Okay, second game then in Group C, sees Drumbara Emmett versus Trim. Drumbara, again, well, kind of half Cavan connection, I think. Wasn't it Kieran O'Malley that was over him last year? He was, yeah, and th- that was a curious one as the, the winter progressed. You know, was he staying, was he going? At the end, he ended up leaving and paving the way for Queeving King, former inter-county man and uh, great senior footballer with Dunshockland to come in and take his first managerial job with Drumbara. That's going to be a fascinating uh, one to watch. I think Drabara are going well. They've got a few bodies in. Um, numbers are decent at training. And, uh, you know, Trim coming off the back of that heartbreaking intermediate championship final defeat last year at the hands of Balnebracchi and Navin, probably one of the best games we've seen for the last 10 years, will have been disappointed with it. But in saying that, Kevin Riley has gone in. He's um, obviously an Abinomani's legend and, and former Mead player. The two guys would have played their trade against each other for years in the county, county setup. I think Trim will be missing players with the hurling and, and under 20s and stuff, but I still think they have enough strength and depth to account for Drumbara. Drumbara are a side that you know, can often punch above their weight and they will give a decent account of themselves, but I just think Trim will have too much. Okay. Um, Dundery against Kilmainham. Mm. Really interesting one. They met, they met in the first round of the Intermediate Championship last year with Kilmainham stunning Dundry, and uh, Dundry will be smarting from that. Kilmainham are the classic um, country team, obviously on the outskirts of Kells. They have Mickey Newman obviously involved with Mead and, and Declan Mullen now involved with the, the Mead under-20s. Clubs like Kilmainham, they be a club very much like ourselves in Corton, just can't afford to be missing two of the better players. I, 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 I would struggle to see where the scores are going to come from. Dylan Morgan will have a massive part to play. He ran riot against Dunry last year they'll be well aware of his credentials this year. I don't think he'll get the same time and space. He won't have Mickey Newman to sort of deflect some of the attention away from him as well. I think Dunry will want a, a decent start to the year, new management there as well. Um, if they can get some of their big hitters out, like Stephen Cook and Paddy Kennelly um, and a few other guys, I think they'll be all right and they should open up with a win. Again, you've probably covered this already, but did Mickey Newman not retire from county football? He did, but had a hip operation at the start of this year and has come out of it unbelievably. Came on against Mayo last week, kicked four points, uh, three frees and, and a stunning score from play. Look sharp. Um, and I'd say he's going to be in contention for the, week, for the weekend against Kildare. Wow, gee, Benjamin Button. Stop. Yeah, incredible. Brilliant. Um, so the final game, um, yeah, final game in Group C then is Old Castle against Mylaw. Yeah, great derby here. You know, proper not me derby. Mm. Um, tie of the round without doubt in the intermediate grade anyway. Old Castle are a side who've been sleeping giants for the last number of years and ended up in relegation trouble last year, which was scandalous. Leo McEnroe was obviously stepped aside. Jude McNabb has gone in there. Simonstown man. Be very interesting to see how he does. They're a great group of young players, but they probably just need the right man to sort of guide them and, and try and steer them in the right direction. Myla are a side who've been just constantly punching above their weight. Numbers limited, 
they defied all logic and expectations by staving off relegation last year in the Intermediate Championship, which was a tremendous achievement for them. They went up as beaten runners-up, or sorry, as runners-up in the beaten final of the junior the year previously. Ted Dowd, as I said, he stepped aside. He's gone to Bective. Keane Skinner-Rennox from here in Bohemian has gone in, in as Moila manager. Um, I think Alan McCann, one of their star turns, has former Oldcastle player, actually. It's, it's an awful shame he's oh, not going to be playing because he's gone in with Moila. He's been tremendous for them. But I think he's taken over a ladies team, possibly in Cavan. So I believe he might have stepped aside and uh, he'd be a massive loss for them. I think Oldcastle win. I think it'll be a great derby. I'd love to... I'm playing myself, but I'd love to be going to that one. I think they'll be skinning hair flying in it. Yeah, lovely. You can't beat a good derby. Um, so moving on then to the Talchon Cup. Um, and in Group A, it starts off with St. Vincent's against St. Ultons. How's that yeah, one going to go? It, it was, it was a Talta Cup final a couple of years ago when St. Ultons um, stunned St. Vincent's with a last-minute goal to claim the Talton Cup. St. Vincent's have been one of the powerhouses in junior football for the last number of years, beaten in two of the last three finals. Um, didn't really show up against Beliver last year, outclassed probably on the day. They have new management coming in now, having with Dahi White and Ronan Kearns departing after a tremendous couple of years. St. Dalton's, on the other hand, have a new manager as well coming in, David Hosey, um, formerly of Bective and Sanchestown going in there. Uh, they're the rival club in the parish here. I think that'll be a decent game. I think St. Vincent's, with their work ethic, training ethic, the work that they've done individually and then obviously collectively in recent weeks, should probably stand to them. Neither will have any guys involved in the county capacity, so I'd imagine both should be at full strength. I think St. Vincent's will have enough, but that'll be a decent game. Uh, second game then is Dunsany against St. Bridget's. Yeah, St. Bridget's um, probably punched above their weight last year. They were in a group of three, finished second. That's why they're seeded and in group A of this. They played Dunsany, who were you know, tipped up by many to win the junior championship last year. Again, they were shocked in the semi-final by St. Vincent's um, and they'll be back hungry for more this year. They'll be missing a couple of guys with the hurlers and Owen Harkin involved with the meet senior footballers as well. But in saying that, they have massive uh, reserves and, and huge numbers there. And I think St. Bridget's, they're going to be up against it in that group. And I think Dunsany should open up with a comprehensive enough win, even if Alan Moore and co from St. Bridget's um, decided to turn on the style. I think it'll be uh, a bridge too far for the Bridget's. Okay, pardon the pun. And sorry, the uh, the third game then in group A is Karen Ross against Kilbride. You know what? I, I would have said yesterday that Karen Ross will win this hands down and there'll be no issues whatsoever. But Kilbride played a challenge match this morning against Blackhall Gales. Blackhall Gales is a decent intermediate side and Blackhall Gales scraped by by a point. Um, which tells me that this Kilbride side aren't just around uh, and they're not just a flash in the pan. They got to the last round of the group last year, won three of the four games, were beaten by Dunsany. Very, very young team, probably one of the youngest teams in the county. Leo Turley, the, the leash man, has gone in to manage them this year, which is a, a real coup for um, Kilbride. And do you know what? Karen Ross, smarting a little bit from last year. I think some of their more experienced players haven't gone back training. I think numbers haven't been brilliant. I think they should win. But if I'm talking Kilbride up like this, I have to throw in a couple of little curveballs. And I'm going to say Kilbride are going to go there and uh, pull off what would be a surprise and beat Karen Ross. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, moving on then to Group B. It's uh, Broads Mill against Clannard. Boards Mill. Boards Mill. 
Yeah. Lovely. Um, they're not broads, Mill. No, boys. no. <laughs> they're, they're a side that didn't win a game in the championship last year, which was incredibly harsh because they played two of the big hitters. Beliver, the champions, had them on the ropes. They were eight or nine points up at halftime, just didn't see the job out. And were two points up against Karen Ross at halftime as well in that game and were narrowly edged out. I think they're a side really on the up. Um, Danny Dixon involved in the county. But even saying that, I think Clonard really struggled last year. They didn't feel in the last... Um, the last round of the championship, Adam Flanagan, former county star. I don't know if, if he's going. There's talk about a transfer there possibly as well. Niall Smullen involved with the Mead under 20s. Um, there's talk about maybe a transfer there as well. So I, I can't see anything but a Boards Mill victory in this one, Damien. Okay. Um, second last, or third, sorry, third last game here. It's Kilmaine and Wood against Trum Conrath. Yeah, Northmead Derby as well. Um, Kilmaine and Wood, very tough, tenacious team, as are Drumcondrat. Uh, Jody Clark, as, as you'll know, um, going back to manage Drumcondrat, that's a real coup too. He I was there a couple that. of years ago. Yeah, so a great one for Drumcondrat to get. Well, considering but, his success with Mahara Clune, hmm. intermediate all Ireland final there, like it was, it was, it was a hell of a coup. So, um, yeah, that, that'll be very interesting. The only way they can, they can only improve, you know, they've, they've been taking some awful pastings in recent years. We would have played them, you know, five or six years ago, had unbelievable ding-dongs with them, um, both on and off the pitch. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll give as good as they get. I think Kilmaine and Wood, when, when the chips are down, will just have a little bit more. But I'd like to see Jim Condor put up a decent account of themselves. And if they can keep that to single digits, I think that would represent a bit of progress for them. Yeah, definitely. Best of luck to, to Jody from a Calvin point of view. Um, looking ahead, then slaying against your your own core town. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. They beat us in the first round of the championship last year, so we we sort of have a bit of a chip on our shoulder and the score to settle there. Um, slaying very young, uh, up and coming, fit team. You know, it'll it'll be a decent test for us. We're going there with a new manager as well, in Davy Dalton. So. Um, it'll be just interesting to see how we perform. We have a couple of guys who might be unavailable. One lad's doing the leaving, etc. There's going to be a bit of that. But, you know, I'd be quietly confident going up there, Damien. I think um, they didn't blow us away and we didn't really play that well last year. And um, we'll have full respect for them and it's a difficult place to go at the best of times. But it's a good first game for us. Yeah. Will, will the, the fact that usually your Fesh Cups and your, your, your Talcum Cups are in a February or January time of year even, well, the fact that it's in summer grounds, will it make a huge difference to the results? Like, are there teams there that are physically very big, strong, the winter football suits, and other teams who the summer football suits because they have small, speedy players? Yeah, I'd probably go along with that, to be honest with you. I would say junior and intermediate would normally be a bit of a battleground all round, and I think probably it, it may be more suited to, you know, heavier pitches and stuff. But as well as, as you say, plenty of these sides of great, slick, nippy corner forwards as well who are probably going to thrive in this sort of atmosphere. So it'll be interesting to see, I suppose it'll be interesting to see how many injuries there are as well. Like mm-hmm. this is going to be for 95% of the teams, their first out and have a knock on a challenge match even in. Okay. So, you know, the, the few weeks of training, it'll just be interesting to see how far that that's kind of got teams. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. that'll be a decent one. Definitely. The final game then is St. Paul's against St. Mary's. Yes, St. Paul's are a side who um, have been playing their trade in the B League, but they've been reinstated to the first team competition to, I suppose, to even off the numbers and to get all first teams playing. St. Mary's Denor are a a decent young side. Um, You know, there's only going to be one winner in this. St. Mary's are going to win the game. 
I think for St. Balls, it's great to see them having a first team back as well involved. You know, there would have been a side who nearly would have been a retirement home for a lot of lads in recent years. Anthony Miles, that's where he came from. That was his original club. Oh. And he he joined subsequently about 56 other teams um, on the back of playing with St. Paul's. <laughs> but um, no, look, great to see them back. I think St. Mary's will, will see that as a good opportunity of getting a win on the board. Um, there's just one other game. I think we might have skipped over, Damien, as well. And it's um, it's in Group A of the Talton Cup. And that's Castletown and Minolte. Um, and right. the reason I, I sort of draw attention to that, like Castletown are a huge side coming into junior football and um, they were an intermediate semi-final only two years ago shocked to be relegated from intermediate last year just couldn't get anything going and ended up going down the play Minolte who are a young uh, side confidence you know in their own ability and all of that they'll they'll give a decent account of themselves I'm looking forward to seeing where Castletown are at Colm Coyle going in to manage Castletown is a significant appointment as well. Wow. Um, Tony Carney, the old warhorse, you know, one of the most experienced managers in the county. He'll, he'll take charge of Minolte for the second or third year as well. So be a fascinating duel on the sideline. Be a good duel on the pitch too. I think Castletown will just about have enough. Just listening to the names you're mentioning there, there's, there's a lot of big name managers in Mead. Has that been the tradition? I suppose it has, yeah. Like, you know, even even from ourselves, like we've had Matty McCabe, you know, and Matty would have played played for me, the one all Irelands, and now we have Davy Dalton. Yeah. You look at the likes of Castletown getting Colum Coyle. Um there's there's a few others, I'm sure, as well. I'm just trying to Well, even the ex ex players there you're talking about, um uh Bourne heading up um Joe Shorten, you're yeah. mentioning and, and brother King, Damien yeah. Creven King. So many ex players that, that seem to go we don't get a massive amount of that in Cavan. Like is, is there much like sorry this is the thing we have what me and Mickey term on the podcast as the merry-go-round the manager merry-go-round yeah. whereby you know an awful lot of people jump from club to club and is that that Norman Kavanagh is a little bit more settled within clubs we'll say no completely it's 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 an absolute merry-go-round and, and in fact what what happens is that you have the same probably 20 managers to 25 managers that will rotate around different clubs mm. and the odd time they'll dip out and go to another county but then come back to a club within Cav and just a different club and you have a huge amount of that you don't get there's not that many people get off the merry-go-round or get on it and that's that's the that's the yeah, funny thing about yeah. it that that you know new blood doesn't come in there that terribly often but um it, it sounds like even well some of the names you you were mentioning there I was kind of thinking well they're not that old they're not that long finished playing that it must be there must be a bigger turnover of managers in Mead than in Cavan yeah there probably is yeah there is and um I suppose more often than not managers usually do a couple of years and then they might get lured away by you know, a bigger club or they might just say my time's up here. And there is probably a little bit of a culture in Mead to go with outside managers. There's very few that have gone outside. Like Simon St. Gales will probably be the trailblazer in that respect, that they haven't gone outside of mm. their club for a manager. And they're one of the top senior clubs in the county, which is great, you know, and fair dues to them. But I suppose in other clubs, particularly smaller ones, maybe you just don't have the personnel within the club. To, to possibly take on your own club and then you might have you know young fellas involved and stuff like that and it's probably better for every party if, if that's not the case yeah yeah without a doubt it's very interesting very interesting being being a manager myself I, I, I kind of like to keep an eye on these sort of things but yeah. uh, we'll move on into the hurling and, and what I'll do is I'll just go through the fixtures and these and if there's anything that pops out at you Davey 
but across me, particularly in my pronunciations, because I'm going to butcher a load of these now. But anyway, the Brendan Davis Cup Group A it starts on Friday, the 11th of June at quarter to eight. That's Blackhall Gills against Trim. Uh, Blackhall Gills at home for that one. Then we have Kiltail against Kildaki. Um, again, Friday night. And the third game in that Group A is uh, Killian. 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 Jeepers. That was terrible. Against St. Peter's Dunboyne. Uh, moving into Group B, then we have uh, Nafina taking on Kilmesson, and Longwood are hosting Rathout. Um, so that's that's all the senior games essentially in the Horn, is it, Davy? That's all in the in the senior, Damien. And yeah, as I say, neither are still going, you know, in, in the hurling too. So there's going to be a lot of those guys missing. I suppose the, the one that will probably stick out is Kiltail and Kildaki. You know, they'd be traditionally two of the powerhouses in Mead hurling that met in a number of senior finals over the years. Fair enough, you know, both of them are going to be significantly under strength. Both of them will have a whole host of guys playing football with their respective clubs on Wednesday night. So they're going to have a quick turnaround and they're going to be back out on, on Friday night. Obviously the likes of Trim and Blackhall Gales probably more so they'll have a huge turnover. So those guys will be getting into the ice baths on Wednesday night after the game and they'll be trying to rest up for um, another significant uh, game on Friday evening. Yeah, something we don't have a huge problem with in Cavan mm. because looking at your fixtures here, a huge amount of, of Horland clubs. We'll move into the, the Billy Bourne Cup and in Group A, it's Dunham or Ashbourne taking on Dundery. That's Friday night, the 11th at quarter to eight. Then on to Saturday night at 6.30, it's uh, Gail Column Kill taking on Trim. And at the same time, it's Drumree against Kildaki. That's obviously Kildaki's second team, is it? That is, yeah. Okay, moving into Group B then on the Friday night. Two of the, these two fixtures are on the Friday night at quarter to eight. It's Navin O'Mahony's against uh, Boards, Boards Mill. Sorry, and it's uh, Rat Malone. Rat yeah, we'll give Malone, you that. Rat, Rat Malone, Malone against Ratto, or against, sorry, Wolf Tones. They are Friday night. And then on the Saturday at 6.30, it's, uh, I can't believe I've forgotten it already, Killine. Yeah, well done. Killine against Kilskreen Myla. Kilskreer Myla. My God. I, I should have really looked over these a whole lot earlier in the day. Um, what, what games stand out in that one? Yeah, I think, to be fair, in the Billy Byrne Cup, the most of them are, are first teams with the exception of, I think, Killine and Kildaki. I think I'm right in saying they're the only two second teams in this yeah so like most of the other ones are first teams Gail Column Kill and Trim is a big town derby you know there'll be great rivalry there it'll be interesting to see what players line out for both you know the hurlers and the footballers they've got the benefit of an extra day playing on the Saturday um, you know the one that stands out is Rat Malign and Wolf Tones you know Rat Malign are a real team trying to get back to where they once were they have of course Jack Fagan playing his trade now in Waterford. He's a terrific uh, hurler for Waterford and uh, he obviously hails from the Ratmaline Club. So a uh, bit of knowledge for you there, Damien, as mm -hmm. well. And uh, Kilskier Myla, they'll be missing the Mead Senior Hurling Captain, Shawnee Garrity, who is obviously on duty at the moment for the Mead Senior Hurlers. He'll be a loss. Kaline second team again, I think. Uh, so I'm not really sure kind of what they'll have in terms of personnel and that. But yeah, some great fixtures in there as well. Yeah, moving on then to the Donald O'Linsky Cup. 
It's Group A. It's uh, Kiltail against Kilmesson. That's Saturday at 6.30. And then Sunday, the 13th at 11.30 in the morning, it's Rathout against St. Peter's Dunboyne. And in Group B, it's Clonnagale taking on Boardsmill. Um, that's Saturday at 6.30. And it's St. Peter's Dunboyne taking on Rathmaline again Saturday at 6.30. So obviously St. Peter's Dunboyne have two teams in the in the junior. Group. Yeah, they're, yeah, they'd be a big club with big numbers and that as well. A lot of those clubs have been second teams, and then there's Group C as well, Damien, which includes one of the first teams I think with St Pat's. Um, they're playing Dunmore Ashburn there at half six on Sunday evening, or sorry, on Saturday evening as well. And then there's Kildalki and Dundry again, two second teams playing on Sunday morning, and the final game in that is Drumree. Um, and they take on Kilmesson at half 11 as well on Sunday. So that's Group C of that. Um, yeah, a lot of teams going to be their second and third string. So it'll be interesting to see, does everyone field first and foremost? But you'd imagine they would be hungry for hurling and football having been uh, been such a break there. Yeah, you'd imagine a, a huge amount of clubs though, in fairness, in, in, in terms of hurling in, in Mead, where I know, look, they'd be well ahead in terms in Cavan, but Cavan with four clubs is, is all that goes on so great to see the Horland alive and well and and thriving in Mead um, so we'll, we'll look back speaking of Horland we'll look back over last weekend's action um, we might as well start off with the Horlers which the uh, the Mead Horlers took on Carlo at the weekend getting a, a quite a comprehensive victory I think it was in the end um, no quite quite a comprehensive sorry, beating unfortunately quite a, my apologies um, I'm just trying to bring up the, the report here, but it was uh, it finished sorry, 17 points to 528. It was a big win for Carlo, actually. It was, uh, Damien. Unfortunately, Mead were completely outclassed from start to finish. It was a really disappointing and, and sober an experience for the Royal County. They just never really got going from start to finish. Carlo were by far and away the better side. They they sort of stamped their authority all over the game. Meads puckouts was a massive um, issue as the game wore on. I'm just looking at the puckouts, and you know we were we lost 17 as opposed to winning. Sorry, we lost 19 as opposed to winning 17. So winning primary possession from the puckouts, which is becoming valuable in hurling, arguably more so than football. I was only having this discussion with. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald, former Mead Hurling manager. And, you know, he was saying the difference being in football, when you lose the ball in the middle of the field, you have to work the ball another bit further to get a score in Hurling. It's literally just a case of turning and, and lashing the ball over the bar. And, you know, in fairness to Carlo, with the likes of Martin Cavanagh there and a few others, they punished me to the hilt. The goals they got in for five in total on the day, it was all a bit easy and a little bit... Um, too easy from a Mead perspective. Granted, Mead had nothing to play for, I suppose, in many scenarios, but Carlo were in the Joe McDonough like Mead. Mead were only beaten by them in the championship by a point last year. So that'll be a really big concern for the guys. Um, and just the nature of it, you know, there was very little fight in the Meads in the Mead game. I know they have a few injuries and stuff like that, but they never really got going. And but for a couple of really smart stops from Charlie Ennis, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, look, it's it, you know some of those league games at the end when when there isn't anything to play for, no matter what you try to do as a manager, you're never gonna get the the same same level of effort from your panel if if they know in their heart of hearts it's 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 dead rubber. True, true, and you know that shouldn't be the case, but sometimes yes, it is. I think the frustrating thing from Mead's perspective will be 
you know, um, how sharp Carlo look going into championship. Carlo don't have anything to play for either, yet they come up to Navin and produce something like they did. Mead went down to Kerry last week or the week before, gave a great account of themselves and lucky not to come away with a win. The week before they went up to Ockram and beat Wicklow. So the lack of consistency is a worry and it's going to be something that needs to be addressed sharpish. As I say, the, the injuries that they have, the likes of Mickey Burke is out injured, he'd be a loss. You know, Sean um, Quigley's another one. And Big Jack Walsh, Damien Healy, you know, the McGowns, these are guys that Mead need available just to strengthen their hand and put a little bit more depth into that squad. Um, they have a few guys coming back from injury as well. Podjo Hanrahan only came on and, and looked good towards the end, in fairness to him. But they need a little bit more cohesion between themselves because it looked very disjointed at the weekend. Yeah, so moving then on to the Camogues, they took on... Kilkenny, which is always a, a difficult enough task, but came away with a, a narrow one point win, um, three seven to one goal and 12. So that was a, a good win for the Mead Camogues. Oh, absolutely incredible. This was, um, this was a tremendous game in Burr on, on Saturday afternoon in, in really hot conditions. Um, absolutely fantastic facility. I don't know if you've been up in Burr, Damien. Yeah, um, really top notch for like your second ground, I suppose, after yeah. Tullamore. But um, yeah, like Mead and Kilkenny, they, they met last year. Again, this is Kilkenny's intermediate side, but they're still they're still Kilkenny and they're still an incredibly gifted side when it comes to hurling or camogie. And um, Mead were put to the pin of their collar and so much so they looked that they were beaten deep into injury time, five minutes into injury time, two points down. They fashioned the last gasp chance when Jane Dolan smashed a close range free at goals. The ball spilled and Moira Kirby was there to just bundle the ball over the net with what was the last puck of the game to secure a one-point victory for the Mead ladies and book their passage to the semi-final of uh, the, the National Camogie League. An absolutely, incredibly dramatic win for them. And one that you mightn't say was justified. You might say, yeah, probably a draw would have been the fair result, but it just shows the resolve, the character, the spirit in this Mead group. They fought to the bitter end. It looked like the game was gone away from them, but they, you know, as I say, they just came up with the answers when it when it mattered most, and uh, they, they'll they'll come on for that. I still don't think they're they're at optimum. I think they have another little bit to go, but you know, Brendan Skihan and the girls will be pleased with what they've showed so far, knowing that there's another 10 or 15% of the tank, which they'll probably need next weekend when they go to play Antrim. Do you know, those one-point stolen victories are the sweetest victories you'll ever come across to galvanise a team, to bring everyone together and, and to, to just make a team believe, you know what, we, we, we should keep fighting to the end. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think it showed because, you know, Kilkenny went two points up and, and Mead got a got a free further out the field about midfield. Now, this is five minutes into injury time, having been four indicated. And the ball didn't come to a whole lot, but Mead turned the ball over in the full, in Kilkenny's full back line. They ended up winning another free. Now, Kilkenny weren't pleased because they were told that that was going to be the last play. So Jane Dolan takes the free. The free is blocked. And then in the next sort of passage, Jeez. Moira Kirby... Gets the gets the hurl to the to the slitter and the ball ends up in the net and he wasn't a popular man but it was incredible drama they were just on such a high after the game and um, you know they have a tight panel in fairness you know they they probably are realistically you're talking about 17, 18 bodies that you can call upon on any given occasion but what they have to make best use of they've Claire Coffey to come back into the fold that Jane Dolan back at the weekend Jane Dolan is you know last year was named in the top. 
50 camogie players in the last 50 years. That's how good Jane Dolan is. She contributed one three on the day. Great to have her back. Christina Troy gave another absolute um, masterclass in the middle of the park. Um, as did Megan Thine, who was on duty then for the footballers on, on Sunday. And I believe she might either have a choice to make next weekend or she might have to play two games in one day. But we'll come to that in a few minutes' time. Yeah, well, indeed. If you want to hear a post-match reaction from the Mead Kilkenny game in the Camogues, Davy caught up with Brendan Skehan, uh, the captain, Christina Troy, uh, Maria Kirby, Amy Gaffney and Grace Coleman. Jeez, you were busy, Davy. by God. You don't you don't was, hang around. I was back for training at five o'clock as well, Damien. That's how it's done. <laughs> had a 99 on the way too. <laughs> per- perfect tre- pre-training uh, diet. I love it. With a cone and a load of sauce all over it. Absolutely. And to look back over then, you on the Loyal Royals podcast also, you caught up with the Horland manager, Nicky, or Nick Weir. Um, so if you want to head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are mead, you can get all the reaction from those two great games. Looking back over then the victory yesterday evening for the ladies, they had a, a massive win over Clare, which cemented their place in the semi-final, Davy. A really good win for the Mead ladies. Oh, they were absolutely incredible, Damien. Um they to say they hit the ground running would be somewhat of an understatement. They scored with their first six shots. So they got six points with oh, wow. their first six shots. They had five out of five different scores from their first five. And they had four points in the first two minutes of the game. That's what you call ruthless efficiency. And uh, they were absolutely brilliant. The pace they set, the intensity they brought to the game from start to finish, they completely blew Claire away. Aside that they beat in the intermediate championship semi-final last year on the way to winning the championship Um Claire obviously making the long journey up to on, on Sunday. And to be honest with you, the game was over after 15 minutes. The relentless press from Mead on the Clare kickout was absolutely astonishing. And I'm just looking through, down through it. Clare lost their first four kickouts and they directly led to Mead's score. So, you know, Mead were five or six points to nil up in, in no time at all. Um, some terrific performances on the day. You know, Stacey Grimes contributed one six, um, absolutely astonishing. Avian Lee, he got two points. Bridgetta Lynch got a goal. Emma White came off the bench to replace the Enigma Vicky Wall. She went off there to, due to injury, um, but but it made no difference whatsoever. Emma Duggan, she's only 18 years of age, but she's playing midfield and contributing three points. Um, Orla Lally was outstanding, got two points from the half back line, but Emma Troy. Um, from cornerback, now she wasn't playing in the traditional cornerback, she was bombing on, playing more of a sort of Roman wing half back. She was absolutely out, outstanding from start to finish. Um, and this Mead team, from what I've seen, this is the first time I've seen them this year after seeing them obviously win the intermediate championship last year. They're after blowing away um, their last two opposition in, in Clare and Wexford last week, having been beaten by Kerry in the first day, which was a little bit of a wake-up call or a reality check for them, shall we say. They seem to be back on the straight and narrow, and I, I know you're a Calvin man, and there's a massive derby game next week in the semi-final of that. That's going to be a, a terrific watch. Yeah, before we move on to that, again, if you want to head over to the Loyal Royals podcast, you can get post-match reaction from manager Eamon Murray, as well as Neve O'Sullivan and the player of the match, Emma Troy, um, after that comprehensive victory. Four goals in 18 to five points it literally was one way traffic and that start you're describing you know we talk about the perfect start that literally is the perfect start six scores 
from six shots inside the first few minutes of a game. You, you couldn't ask for better. So um, it's going to be it's going to be very very interesting next weekend. Then when when they go head to head with Cavan, um, just to preview down, we we we'll go back I suppose to the Camogues. They take on Antrim next weekend. Um, give give me the details on this game. Yeah, well, we, we know some of us. Uh, the game's going to be in Inishkeen on Saturday, but we don't know what time. And, and the reason for that, I would imagine, is because of the Mead ladies footballers playing Cavan. And as we said already, Megan Tyne is a dual star for both. So, you know, I'd imagine it could be something to do with that. Um, so presumably the Camogie game might be a little bit later on on Saturday afternoon slash Saturday evening. I don't know. I'm only speculating. We don't have a time. But that's a massive game. Antrim beat them last year in the championship. They have a bit of a score to settle with Ulster teams in general. Um, and Antrim would be an ideal one to start that off with. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how, how that one pans out. Um, Antrim, it, it, that's Antrim's first team though, isn't it? Mm, yeah. So Because I know Cavan played their second team a few weeks ago in, in, in the Camogues and... and Came up with a, a comprehensive enough win, but Antrim obviously strong enough. Usually in in Camogie, they'll be they'll be looking to get one over. But the uh, when you do mention it, then the, the ladies footballers. So we move on to previewing it, and it's this coming Saturday. I, I think now I've been told by the, the bringing the Cavan inside in here. I've been told by the chairperson of the Cavan LGFA that it's Saturday at one p.m. in Kingspan Brefney Cavan because they topped the group on the other side. Um, get home advantage in it so it's going to be an early afternoon game in Kingsborough which probably suits then for the Camogues to get that game later on in the evening yeah and in Ishkeen yeah you'd imagine so that would be the thinking behind it I think this is a great game for me um, I think Cavan are a side with immense senior experience I think you know speaking to him and Murray after which we'll hear on our Loyal Royals podcast this week he's a Cavan man and he said, you know, 12 months ago, he Mead wouldn't have been ready for this game. But they're a senior club in their own respect now. They've been drawn against Tipperary and Cork in the All-Ireland Championship later on in the summer. So I think this is an excellent game for them. And ultimately, what a game to sort of define promotion for both. Cavan will be under no illusions what's coming up the road as well. This Mead team have really progressed game on game. I've seen a huge progression even in the last six months from, from what I've seen at the back end of last year. They have a strong panel. They have great subs to call upon. It's going to be their biggest test to date, and I would include Kerry in that too. I think Mead sort of underperformed, but their response since that has been quite emphatic, and uh, I think this could be anything. I think this could be an absolute corker, Damien. Yeah, well, just even looking at the scoreline of Mead scoring four goals in 18, Cavan on the attack have been phenomenal to watch. I've been at all three of their uh, league games so far. and coming up against Tyrone Armagh, and Monaghan, their fitness was never in doubt. They, they looked physically exceptionally well prepared. Um, now, the big blow for Cavan is that it looks like they've lost Roshin O'Keefe, who would be a dual player for them, but started off corner forward at the weekend. She's going to be out injured by the sounds of it. And they also lost last weekend Ashton Gilson, who would have been a starting corner forward. Um, so they're, they're going to be down a couple of bodies there. Of course, Ashley Maguire, or or um, I should be better known, Ashley Doonan, she's retired. So a big loss within it. But overall, Cavan have made massive progress this year. They're playing a far more expansive, attack-minded game of football. Um, and, and their style seems to be really, really about getting that ball up to that forward line as quick as they possibly can and hard running, coming, supporting from the halfback line. So I think by the sounds of it, 
this is one that neutrals will want to see and that definitely everybody in Mead and Cavan are going to want to ski, see. Expect high score. Definitely expect a high score for both sides in this game. Yeah, I think so. And, and it's interesting the way you describe Cavan because it's probably an apt and, and um, similar way of describing the Mead ladies as well. You know, their fitness, their relentless press, um, the, the scoring forwards, which they have in abundance, you know, Stacey Grimes, Nevo Sullivan, Avian Leahy, Bridgetta Lynch, um, Vicky Wall, Emma Duggan, you know, they have a whole host. Even they got three points from the half back line at the weekend as well. From the bench, you know, they got a goal and a point from Emma White, who'd be probably pushing for a start too. So, yeah, it's a, probably a real clash of styles. And I, I think this could be this could be a terrific watch. So, um, yeah, we'll see you in Kingsman Breffney, Damien. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I actually might be up your neck of the woods while that's going on. He's right. Mark yeah. Tolchin, where Cavan take on Wicklow. Um, Moving on, then. What's that in? That's a <laughs> relegation division oh, right. three. Thanks for pointing that out, Davey. No Thanks for pointing that out. Put, put me in my place. Nice and quick. <laughs> Move on. Move on. <laughs> okay, so in the... Um, where are we going now? The Horland. It's going to be Mead against Down this weekend. Give us the lowdown. Yeah, pointless game. Um, up in Ballymiscan, about two and a half hours of a journey. I'd say the lads are absolutely ripping their hair out looking at this. Down are probably doing the same. Pointless game. They're going to meet in about three weeks as well in the championship. So it, it's one of those that has to be played, but really there's no significant relevance in that. Nick Weir probably is a decision to make as regards personnel. Does he stick with the team that were, you know, hammered at the hands of Carlo or does he completely you know, leave those guys at home or completely change the starting 15, you know, he'll make that call on his own. Um, they've played sort of nearly week in, week out. So I think it could be a good opportunity to rest a few lads and maybe rotate the squad. I think Down will probably do the same. It's hard to read too much into it. Down were beaten at the hands of Offaly at the weekend. Offaly securing promotion back to Division 1 after a long stay. Great for them. Down are a side that have been on the up, coming up from winning Christy Ring, I think, last year. They're going to be competing in the Joe McDonough for the first time this year. They're a side that look to be sort of on the up. Mead, they've sort of stagnated or maybe regressed a bit, which is something that needs to be adjust, adjusted fairly sharpish. Um, I don't think you're going to learn a whole pile from this. I think it's just a game that has to be played. It will be played. Um, I don't think it'll live long in the memory. Box ticking exercise. Yeah. One, one, one that will live long in the memory from a mid point of view, hopefully, is against Kildare in the National Football League. A massive game. Looking to, to bounce straight back up, which would be a huge achievement. Yeah, it would, Damien. Um, I think the, the Mayo game left a little bit of a bitter taste in many people's mouths last weekend. Mead made something like 10 changes. I can fully understand why Andy did that. You know, it was their third game in 14 days. He had an op- opportunity to do that. Haven't been true already. Kildare, on the on the other hand, obviously did a job on leash because they had to, you know, they had to put up a big score. They ended mm-hmm. up top in their group, um, as it turned out, and Mead finished second. It's a repeat of last year's Leinster semi-final where Mead's really railroaded Kildare in the second half with three quick-fire goals and from what I've seen, I got a chance to have a look at Kildare against Cork in the first round down in Thurles. And they look like a side that have defensively um, solidified a little bit more than they probably had last year. They have some explosive forwards. I think Ben McCormick is back involved in the county panel now. Huge uh, addition in the in an, in an attacking sense, sorry, for Jack O'Connor's men. They'll feel that they... They have a bit of a score to settle on Mead. Mm. I can't tell you, Damien, how important this game is for Mead. And, and I've had this conversation with several people. For me, 
this is Mead's Leinster final, right? Because you look at it, getting back to Division 1, having been there last year, chance to go straight back up by beating Kildare. There's no league final, obviously, this year because Kildare, or sorry, for Clare and Mayo in the other semi-final are out in the respective Williams. championships the following weeks. There's no, there's not going to be a Division 2 final. This is Mead's final. Mead go into the Leinster Championship, you know, regardless of when you play Dublin, you're going to play them and it's going to be difficult to beat them. There's no backdoor system this year. So from my from a Mead perspective, you'd rather be in any other province. And I know Ulster is more competitive than Leinster, but you still have a better chance, i.e. Cavan, of winning the mm. championship in Ulster than you do in Leinster. So for that reason and that reason alone, I, I think this match is huge for Mead, for Andy, for the lads, for the supporters. It, it really is massive. Um and, and and they're going up to play in Newbridge on the back of that coin toss. You know, Jack O'Connor was sort of being the cute Kerry man and saying that Newbridge doesn't suit them. It's a tight pitch and all of that. I don't know how much truth there is in that, but it's in Newbridge anyway, and uh, it's going to be a huge task for me. If there was if there was any truth in it, he wouldn't have opted for the coin toss. He'd have he'd have asked for the neutral venue. Exactly, or, or give me the home home advantage in Bartholson. Ex- exactly, but look look at looking at it and and. Having Cavan been in in the position that Mead are in right now, as in five years ago, Cavan uh, relegated from Division One back down to Division Two, a youngish team, a lot of the same profile as as Mead currently have. The importance of getting back to Division One and playing those top quality opponents brings on the team no end. It it it, it builds up that confidence that you can go and you can compete and you you can learn from them. So. Getting back to Division One in one go, it, it's it's very tough. It's not an easy thing to do, and for me to put themselves into that position is is as I said earlier a huge achievement. But I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head on this one. This is bigger than just promotion. This is literally who is the second best team in Leinster because it is either Mead or Kildare. So it's about nearly at the moment it's Mead, and everybody would would state it after last year's championship, but. Kildare are going to be gunning for this one. They're going to be sitting saying, well, we're we're ready to wrestle this back. So I I think this is going to be an absolute cracking game. Yeah, it, it is. I, I think this is going to be a real, real entertaining game of football. Um championship like. Championship like. And and you know, we're only a couple of weeks away. Kildare are preparing for their championship game as our Mead, Mead wait in the wings for Longford or Carlo, and and then you know the sides could meet probably in the Leinster semi-final possibly mm. or, or I won't say the Leinster final but we say the Leinster semi-final for the time being um, but you're right I think Kildare are going to bring an awful intensity to it from the start I think me they'll need to match that for the first 15 20 minutes try and keep it tight and keep in touch um, and then hopefully the the fitness um, and the finishing power that we've seen from me I suppose over the last 12-18 months which is something that Andy's instilled in them will um, prove to be the case because Kildare the one flaw I would sort of point to for the last couple of years is they don't finish the game as strong as they started. You know, they normally start the game 100 miles an hour. They throw everything at you, but they fade in the second half. Um, now, I don't know if that's the case still. You know, I'll, I'll reserve judgment until after Sunday. But I think it's a massive game, you know, mentally as much as anything for me. I don't think the Mayo game will have really bothered Andy or the players too much. They'll take great heart from the performance they, they gave in Armagh against Down, albeit a poor enough downside. 
and scraping over the line against Westmead. Again, similar to what we said about the Camogues, I don't think Mead are anywhere close to their best, but they need to produce something close to it to, to beat this Kildare side on Sunday. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a massive game. Well, the card is as big as it comes, really, in terms of league football and in terms of preparation for championship. It'll give Mead and Kildare a good idea of where they stand in terms of how they're how they're going to get on in the summer. So it'll uh, I I think this is just going to be absolutely massive game. I'm hoping to to get to sit down and watch that if if the weekend schedule allows me. So um look at that's that's the all the previews covered. Looking ahead then we've some um lot of results to, to bring Davy. We do indeed um Damien. So the first one up is from Kuraha GAA and they had no winner of last week's um, Lotto Jackpot. This week's one rolls on to 2,700. You can play that one on curahaga.com forward slash draws. Gail Column Kill, their Lotto is currently capped at 12,000. They had four match three winners who all shared 150 quid each last weekend. And their next draw takes place on Thursday. Uh, Dunsany, their winning numbers were 1, 9, 14 and 26. They didn't have a winner, but uh, Marie Kelly won 150 quid and the jackpot rolls on to 5,850 next week. St. Column Kills, the numbers were 6, 7, 10 and 24. They had no jackpot winner. And their 50 euros were winners were Geraldine Fagan, uh, Marie Keenan, uh, just Geraldine Fagan and Marie Keegan, 50 quid each for them. Next week's jackpot, 5,600 euro. You can play it at kills.clubify.com app.com forward slash products Clannard GFC 5,900 euro live every Monday night at 8pm Drumcondra GFC 9,000 euro draw takes place Tuesday night live on Facebook this week online via the smart lotto or you can drop envelopes into the clubhouse post box um, Curaha separate to their lotto they're doing a Euros sweepstake as a fundraiser for the club they're running a sweepstakes for the Euros which starts next Friday June 11th 50% of all funds collected will go into the prize pot. So each entry costs 10 quid. Prize can be paid for the following tournament winner, runner up, third place, wooden spoon, team on zero points with split goal difference, then goals scored if that's if it gets that bad, or team with the worst disciplinary record in terms of yellow and red cards. All entries must be in by 5 p.m. on Friday. They will hold a draw on Friday evening before the first match. And each of the 24 teams will be assigned the 24 lucky entrants then. So it's obviously just a draw to see who gets in even. So that's a really good uh, good way of doing it. Entries can be made via the club's app or curahaga.com forward slash products. You can contact Alan O'Connor on 83 or Gavin Coyle at 086-107-5832 for details on how to enter. Very good. Kilmainham GFC. €6,000 of a jackpot every Monday night, even though Emer Clark says Everton Monday night. But uh, I don't think anyone will be going to Everton on Monday night. No, um, the toffees are done. Yeah, they're finished. Um, so it's every Monday night for Kilmainham. Minolte GFC, the biggest lotto in the county, Damien. 15,000 it's currently capped on. And it's been at that for about three months now. It takes place every Sunday night at 9pm. Draw increases by 2,000 every week now which is the reserve and the reserve is currently at 5,400 euro you can play that one on club force Balnabraki no jackpot winner of theirs but they had two match three who both won 75 quid next week's jackpot is 5,200 plus a 15 euro 
1500 euro bonus ball every Monday night entries via Club Force. Kilskier GFC, they do letters. D H I N L were the letters last week, but they had no winner. The mini jackpot winners were Sean Smith, Chris Daniel, Anya, Gerard. Helen Smith, Jerry McCaffrey and Kate Flynn. The next jackpot takes place on the 8th of June and it's €10,000 up for grabs there. My own Corton GFC is the... I might actually have one more to come to, uh, which was texted into us separately. Corton GFC, a uh, lot of results from the 4th of June. No jackpot winner over €6,000 jackpot. 520 euro winners who are Tommy Smith, Lara Herbert, Yvonne Chu, Sheila McDonald and Anna Coslow. Stephen Collier was the winner of our 1984 Kerry Retro jersey. The winning numbers drawn were 4, 6, 17 and 19. You can play for Friday night, 6,300 euro jackpot and another retro jersey at courtoungaa.com forward slash lotto. Lovely. Nice um, and busy. Final one is from Central Sound GFC. Lotto takes place tonight, which is Monday. Jackpot's at 10,000 euro and you can play that at tinyurl.com. Shane, from the Lotto's demo. Some, some amount of money there if we could win them all. You'd love someone, Kevin. I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm going to start spreading the word. Was it Minolte has 15,000 there that a Cavan man could win? Yeah, yeah, we, exactly. Not we, too far from you either. Oh, exactly. And we should look at these new apps we can get online and, and, and get them done. So great, great feature there to, to keep supporting the club. So well done. Um, tell us, is there any Instagram interactives? There is. Um, some of these you'll be able to relate to, others you mightn't be. But the first one is about the new Mead alternative jersey. I don't know if you've seen this. Do you know what? I, I, I was just skinning through some articles and I looked at, there was definitely one of them. I think there's an image on the Mead Chronicle, was it? Yeah, it could be of the hurlers possibly. They wore the jersey on Sunday for the first time. Um, it's the new Club Mead jersey. It's Mead's third strip or the alternative strip, as you've probably seen Mayo's in recent weeks as well. So there's a lot of chat. Some people like it, other people don't. Um, Eddie Kirby's the first one in and he said the new cool running kit. New, so so is this the, is the navyish one or, or the green aluminous? The navy one. Navious one, yeah. Cool running is exactly what comes to mind on it. Do you know what? You you put that up on a wall and say, What county is it from without the crest on it? Nobody would have a clue. Mm. And I can exclusively reveal here and now that the We Are Mead podcast will be giving away one of those jerseys as a competition. So stay tuned to our social media platforms later on in the week where you'll have a chance to win one of those absolutely gorgeous new alternative strips. Well, do you know what I'd actually say? It's it's Marmite. You're either going to hate it or you're going to love it. <laughs> it's one of those ones. Now, I, I I actually, I like the navy as a colour with the green. It looks pretty good, but mm. I, I know there's people who's going to hate that jersey. Well, maybe they're just calving people because it's mead. <laughs> Peter Duffy's the next one in. Peter's dad is actually involved with Drummer as you'll know, this year yes. um, in, in a coaching yeah. capacity. Pete's a good Simonstown man as well. Um, and he says, them new jerseys with the love heart and the like, you know, the, the money sign when you rub your fingers together like that. <laughs> loving them, loving them. Um, someone who's not loving them is Ger Morgan for Kilmainham and he said state of the alternative jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I tell you, it's like Marmite. You can't you can't blame them, and that's the beauty of them, is it gets people talking about them. Shay McManus follows that up by saying the cat looking jerseys. Cat looking, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, you know, I don't know. I I I think it's more about the, the peg you hanging on than 
the actual jersey. So we'll, true, we'll see. Get, a, get one on you, Davey. It could look great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's not too unusual for the people that run the competitions to actually win them as well. Definitely not. Definitely um, not around Calvin, isn't it? Aoife <laughs> <laughs> Kane is next up and she's talking specifically about the Mead ladies. And she said, first off, Nevo Sullivan's points. And then she follows it up by saying the defence, Shauna, Mary Kate and Avine Cleary. I think Mead only conceded what, Damien? Was it three Five or four? points. Five points. Incredible. F- phenomenal stuff. And do you know, isn't it funny too that when you score four goals in 18, but a lot of the time, the, the credit immediately goes to the defence in that situation mm. because the the attack can 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 finish the ball when the defence has done that that amount of work, that amount of turnovers. They're probably creating, you know, double the chances as a result of it. So it it all it often goes hand in hand that a really good attack, a really high scoring team has a really solid defence, and it'll be interesting to watch them now this weekend uh, coming into Kingsbury Brefney. Yeah, absolutely. Robert Perfield is next, and he says, I can nearly smell the matches at this stage. Yeah, it's great. And do you know what? I was at a game earlier on today. It was only a challenge match, but there, there was there was quite a few people who got a smell of the matches and, and came down just to watch it. And that was, it was beautiful. Lovely sunshine in, in, in the afternoon, summer sun, and you're getting people, you're hearing even the hum, which is something I missed terribly. You'd have been at a lot of games, Davey, where... It's just the media and, and mm. the two teams involved. And, you know, you miss the crowd. You miss the atmosphere. You miss the oohs and the ahs. And, and yeah. it's great to see that starting to come back. I think 100 spectators allowed already. Yeah. Today. Is, is it going up to possibly 500 for the weekend? Am I right in saying? No? Could be. It could be 500 for... Uh, venues over five thousand, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Again, I wouldn't like to. I wouldn't like to confirm that. Just check out the COVID guidelines before you say that Damien Dunne who sent you. <laughs> so, Damien, are you any help to me with the next question from Tom O'Connor asking about tickets for the Kildare game? I'm absolutely no help to you at all. I don't. I don't know what exactly the story is there. Um, if if there's five hundred going in, though, if it's the same situation as it is in Cavan. It'll be up to the secretary of the county board to to be to be handing them out, and then that comes down to I'd imagine players are going to get first, first preference and panel members and management of of mm. a few tickets. So and season ticket holders maybe as well. Yeah, exactly. Depending on how many there are, you know, because mm. five hundred doesn't go a long way. But look, at I, I'd say maybe take out the rosary beads and say a few prayers. I think that probably answers Anne-Marie McKenna's question with what's the story with tickets. So we'll move on to Kieran Devani, who's the Mead Camogie PRO. And he said, seeing that goal live yesterday, and I was actually sitting beside Kieran in the stand in Burr on Saturday when that goal went in on the last minute and he was he couldn't contain his excitement. It was absolutely incredible, the scenes. Who was that now? Give us the, the details on the goal. That, that was um, Moira oh, Kirby's goal one. for the Camogie yeah, last puck of the game. Like, astonishing. Absolutely incredible. The scenes of jubilation at the final whistle. And was it being streamed on Facebook as well? It was. It was um, the Camogie Association were actually streaming that one directly live. So there was limbs everywhere. And uh, look, at it was for all the joy and elation on the Mead side, there was fair deflation and um, heartbreak on the Kilkenny side, which you can completely understand as well. So the classic mix of emotions when something like that happens. Well, do you know what I'm going to do as soon as I finish recording here? I'm going to get onto Facebook and, and watch back watch the last back, few too, minutes too. of it just yeah. to see the drama. 
It's incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, Leona Healy said Stacey Grimes had a good game, and we already said she did. She got one six for the Mead ladies footballers on Sunday. She was absolutely astonishing from centre half forward, brilliant player. Yeah, one six in any game, as you know, I'm sure it you know will bar your free taker and you get a penalty on top of it. Mm. <laughs> it's 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 not it's not easy going at that level. So one six means that that uh, Jerry Moan and, and the Calvin management are going to be doing a lot of homework on her this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And her um I think she got two goals. Sorry, I'm actually just looking back on the notes, but her one of her goals was a chip which I said at the time, I think she meant, she seen the keeper slightly off her line and she just lofted the ball beautifully over her head. I'm going to say it was meant. Um, didn't get chatting to her after, but she's that good that I think she meant it, to be honest with you. Well, do you know what I'm, I, I, and I've been stating this coming out from the Calvin Armagh game at the weekend mm. in ladies, that the standard and the skill levels in ladies football has gone through the roof. And if you want pure Gaelic football entertainment, ladies is the place to go because yeah. you're getting high scores. You're getting the skill levels without the, maybe the over physicality and athleticism that we see with the men's game, which turns into big hits, big tackles, slows the game down a little bit more. It's such free flowing attack minded skill based uh, games with, with, with the LGFA. I have to say, I love covering the LGFA games personally. Yeah, you no, know, it is. It is. It, it and and to be fair to them, they run a tight chip. It's really, really well done. The LGFA, mm. you know how how I suppose from team news to programs to maybe COVID guidelines, how everything is followed. It's extremely professional and well run. Yeah, very very safe environment for sure. De- definitely so. Um, next one is from Connor Lynch, and he said, "Where's the championship draw at?" And that's in reference, to obviously, the club championship draw. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you might. Um, no, I look at. I believe we might. I, I don't have a date, but I believe we might have something by the end of this month. So I'm going to say in the next two to three weeks, by the end of June, we will hopefully know our destiny for uh, the club championship in August. Do you know, I love that man. He's he's planning already. The the, the the club football hasn't even started, and he's looking for for the Keegan Cup. Great, absolutely <laughs> class. Well, he's intermediate, so it'll be the Matty McDonald. Unfortunately, he can't just go for the Keegan just yet, but maybe in a couple of years for Drumbara. And um, next one is from Carl Gibney, and he said, "Congratulations to Alan Moore on the new job working in cost cutters in Oldcastle." Okay, well, look at that. It's, it's always great to get a new job. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Well, he actually DM'd us then and he says it's it's absolutely shite, to be honest with you, because all of the lads are out drinking and he's stuck in the shop working. How the tables have turned. I tell you what, you know, so, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and, and, and serve them the cans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Jack Walsh is next in and he said, try Parrot double versus Andorra. Do you know what is that? Is that from that foreign game that they yeah, play around yeah. Cavan? We don't like that. We don't. We don't speak of those foreign. I, I, I heard you have strong enough opinions on the FAI and the setup and the Stephen Kenny regime and that. Just little That's, bird for me. Yeah, that 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 little board is is big and he's he's for Simon's <laughs> time. But yeah, I do have strong opinions on that. But there's no need to get into it here at all. Okay. I, I I think you've got it. You've you, you've got a um. You got to work on your results, and results are the most important thing in management. Fair enough. Um, that's it from Instagram. There is a few little bits and bobs that I might just mention before we sign off, Damien. If that's all right. Yeah, well, we we might as well jump onto it in 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 any other business. 
Yeah, so Slane GFC are also running uh, Euro 2020 or 2021 um, prediction competition, if you will. Um, and they just said there's one week until kickoff. Um, earn points by correctly guessing the tournament's winner, runners-up, top scorer, and total goals scored. Entries are open to anyone and everyone, so please encourage family and friends to take part. Payment link is work in progress, but you can enter via the links on their social media, and then you can pay online later when the online link is opened. So that's Slay and GFC. It's 10 euro to enter, or you can contact Owen Gibbs on 085-285-3898 to register. So that's Slay and GFC. And my only other bit of um, business, which I should probably bring up, is to congratulate PS Tapes, or Paddy Stapleton, as you know. He's a great friend yes. of Mickey Brennan's, and he's also a great friend of the podcast as well. And um, Paddy and his wife, Dee, welcome their second um, ah. little man into the world to join his little sister so little Harry has um, joined the We Are Mead team and he's already looking for a press pass for the game in Kildare next <laughs> Sunday with his dad Paddy. Brilliant, congratulations Paddy, uh, we, we go back uh, a long way, Paddy used to haunt or us or we used to haunt Paddy around Cavan and even over at the Longford so congratulations, that's great news, delighted yeah, for you both. Brilliant. That brings us to the end then Davey does it? Hey, hey, uh, Damien, yeah, Paddy, Jesus. I was going to say, but a uh, long old podcast tonight. I tell you what, but we got through it. I'm surprised we, 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 we managed, sorry, I shouldn't say we, you managed to talk me through the whole way of this, so well, well done to you on that. No, a great debut, to be fair to you. Yeah, look, I think I'll retire after this one, though. Uh, just again, to divert your attention, folks, over to the Loyal Royals podcast, where there's the reaction from the Camogues and the Hurls. And later on in the week, there'll be reaction from the ladies footballers who beat Claire at the weekend so loads of post-game reaction on both those on Loyal Royals podcast which is on patreon.com forward slash we are me thanks very much everyone for listening thanks Davey for guiding me the whole way through this 